This is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? Bitterness always destroys the vessel that contains it. I doubt there is a greater illustration of this fact than the life of a man named Ahithophel. He was counselor to the great King David. God had brought him to David as a wise voice in leading the nation of Israel. Ahithophel undoubtedly loved David and spent countless hours with him and respected him as the king. Much of David's success, I believe, could have been placed at the feet of this wise counselor. But then tragedy struck. Kings were supposed to go forth to battle, but David sent Joab in his place, and while David was lounging upon the roof of his house, he saw a young woman named Bathsheba bathing. He sent for her and committed adultery with her, and she became with David's child. In his attempt to cover his sin, he had her husband Uriah killed in battle and took Bathsheba as his wife. David's inner circle knew of this sordid affair. The entire matter struck very close to home for Ahithophel. Elim, his son, was one of David's mighty men and the father of Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Ahithophel valued David as his king and friend, yet he had defiled his granddaughter and murdered her husband. He turned from David, became angry and bitter, and joined David's son Absalom in rebellion and counseled him to commit adultery with David's concubines and to kill David. The plot failed, and Ahithophel committed suicide. This once wise counselor died an angry, bitter man destroyed by his own hatred. Now David suffered also for his sin. The child by Bathsheba died. Amnon raped Tamar. Absalom killed Amnon. And Joab killed Absalom. David lost four children, but he repented. God forgave him. David's great penitent psalm in chapter 32 and 51 shows God's mercy and his grace. David remained on the throne, and Ahithophel never forgave him, but allowed his bitterness to grow until it spilled over. Certainly there were no winners in this story. David paid, as did his family, and as did his nation. But Ahithophel also paid dearly. He lost his joy, his place, and his purpose in living in his quest to punish the one who had hurt him. We can all learn from this happening. Someone in life is wronged. Just about every person that's listening to me in some way. As I wrote these words, I thought of the many times things happened to me about which I could harbor bitterness. I recall more times than I can count writing letters stating my case to some accuser, then placing the letter in envelopes in my desk. My practice was to wait three days and reread my grievance before mailing them. Looking back, I always threw the letters in the trash. I'm not saying that forgiveness does not come with conditions. Certainly, full forgiveness depends on confession. Even God does not forgive those who refuse to repent. Yet Christ's death potentially forgives every man of every sin, and that forgiveness is there for the asking. A believer should never store up bitterness but forgiveness with no thought of anger and death but grace and mercy. Paul said, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I was acquainted with and heard of a brother and a sister, both married and in their mid-twenties. A dispute erupted between them over a purchase of an item valued under $75.
from that point on both lived until they were in their nineties refusing to forgive harboring bitterness against one another that cost them a lifetime of pleasant memories husbands are admonished not to be bitter against wives paul when instructing christians to mature in the lord stated let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you i've watched churches split marriages break up and friendships dissolve and anger seethe because bitterness is harbored in hearts it's an easy thing to hold a grudge in my many years as pastor i have visited hundreds of homes and countless times i have met those of churches that nurse grievances decades old. I suspect that many times the other party had long since forgotten the entire matter. Bitterness is a neat thing to have as it provides all the excuses needed when a person wishes to behave themselves irresponsibly. No one profits from bitterness, not the offender or the one offended. Generally, it eats away at the host and rarely affects its object. The classic story of bitterness is found in the book of Ruth. Naomi, which means sweetness, was forced by circumstance to move from her home. In a far country, her husband died, then both her sons also died. She purposefully changed her name to Mara, which means bitter. God redirected her life, restored her joy, and allowed her to become nurse to Ruth's son, the grandfather of King David. She's a great illustration of refusing to live in bitterness. Bitterness and resentment germinate when we believe that someone is unfair and hurtful toward us. Feed that belief and a bitter attitude will take root. The believer fully grounded in God's word knows that nothing happens in life that is not approved by our Heavenly Father for His glory and for our good. God uses the providences of life and the precepts of Scripture to mature His children. The world about us is watching the wounded soldier to see if he is better or if he is bitter. Those who marked my life are those who have gone through the fire unsinged and still serving. I love to read the story of Fanny Crosby, who was blinded by a faulty treatment given to her by a doctor when she was just a small thing. She refused to become bitter and discouraged. It irked her to hear people forever saying, Oh, you cannot do this because you're blind. At the age of eight, she composed her first verse. Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot, nor I won't. Fanny Crosby refused to be bitter. I've known a sampling of God's giants. Because of the death of Dr. Lee Robertson's baby girl, Joy, he started Camp Joy in Harrison, Tennessee, where thousands came to Christ. A drunk driver killed Dr. Harold Seidler's nine-year-old daughter. He pastored a half-century in Greenville and started an orphanage there. Dr. Jack Hudson suffered with crippling arthritis while building the great Northside Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. I read where Charles Weigel, wrote, No one ever cared for me like Jesus after his wife abandoned him and refused to stay with him because of the ministry. Bill and Kathy Rice started the Bill Rice Ranch in Murfreesboro, ministering to thousands with an emphasis on the deaf. 
After learning their infant daughter, Betty Ann, was totally deaf due to a severe case of meningitis, I could list a hundred and barely start the list of those who in adversity found their strength in Christ, refusing to be bitter. It is often said a man's character determine what it takes to stop him. I would go one step farther today and say the depth of a person's spiritual life is what he has that keeps him from being bitter. Let Christ turn your bitterness into blessings. Oh, this has been Jack Scallions. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to take just a few moments from my heart to yours.